All right. Welcome back. Uh, we are back, finally. It's been, I don't know how long, how many weeks it's been. It's been a few. Uh, life has kind of gotten in the way with kids and work and matches and kind of just been a slow part of the season. But we're back this week. Uh, we have Area 3 week this week, so we'll be talking about that a bit, which for me, honestly, like area three has always been kind of like the beginning of the second half of the season. Like area three is kind of where you like, you really kind of first start prepping for nationals. Like they, I feel like that's like the end of year nationals, obviously USPSA kind of screwed a bunch of people over uh, and had nationals in May, but uh, for the other people who get to shoot nationals in October, like I feel like this is kind of like the first match to kind of start like you kind of shoot this match and then you kind of see okay this is going to be my plan for for what I need to do kind of for the rest of the year. Right. Yeah, you you shoot this one to get the I don't know, get the the stupid stuff out of the way, right? You're like, "All right, shoot this." Like it's kind of serious, but it's also kind of a joke and then we'll get serious. Yeah, so I mean, that's kind of the deal with Area 3, right? Like it's 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 a bit of a clown fest sometimes. Uh but it's sometimes it's awesome too, right? Like so it's I don't know. So what are you guys expecting out of Area 3? Like so and we need to preface this. This is Sherwin's last year. Like this is his Sherwin's last stand. Uh which they should have they should have named the match Sherwin's last stand, I feel like. But uh so what are you guys expecting out of Area Three this year? Okay, well, first, I think before we get talking too much, we need to raise a glass to the Shoot Fast podcast. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I agree. can't forget that. Cody, Cody has hung up his microphone and headset. He has, and and good job to Cody for making it as long as he did. And uh, also to committing to more time with the family. So thank you, Cody, for your years of service. See you on the range. Yes. Thank you for your service, Cody. Yeah. I'm just hoping that this means that uh, Cody's going to be more available to come on as a guest on our show is what I'm hoping. So yeah. And he brings all his listeners with him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We should have just took over his Instagram page. Should have. Right, that's sell it to us. <laughs> Do you want to pay for it? No, absolutely not. <laughs> All what, right. What would it be worth? What do you think the do- like if you had to put a dollar amount on a I don't know what his Instagram page has. What do you think it would be worth? I mean, are we into are we into double digits dollars wise? You what you well, think like as 20? We, we would maybe? Yeah, seeing yeah, seeing as we wouldn't make a single dollar off of it. Uh it would be, you know, pretty low. That's that seems fair. We'll offer something <laughs> to Cody at Area Three and see what he see what he takes. That'd he might good. take ten I mean, bucks. He's got a little girl. Maybe some diapers. Yeah, a box of diapers. Maybe he would take like I, a beer or like a six pack. Yeah, or something. he's a little kid. Maybe like a half a dozen boneless wings and a beer. B dubs. I mean, might might get the trick done. Yeah, it's worth a try. All right, so. 
on to the more important side of Area 3. So on your question of what what, what do I expect on Sherwin's last match, I think it'll probably stay pretty typical to most of the matches there. There will probably be like 10 stages that are reasonably decent stages. There will be two that are just kind of like, this is dumb. And there will be two that's like, eh, this has something dumb in it, but it's not that bad. Okay. I, I really don't know. This is only my second Area 3 ever. Um, so the first one I shot was a total clown fest. So I am expecting another clown fest, and I'm looking forward to it. So, Wait, this is your? you said this is your second one? Yeah. So you thought last year was a clown fest? <laughs> yeah. I feel oh, like man. I feel like the only thing that was kind of dumb last year was that like balancing on a two by four on its side stage. I thought otherwise it was pretty tame. No, oh, dude, there was there was a gimmick or something on every single stage. There was something on every single stage. Yeah, but last year was tame. Like yeah, last yeah, year okay. last year was not. Last year was not one of the more infamous Area 3s, for sh- for sure. So, okay. Yeah, I mean, I get that from seeing videos from previous years. There was some crazy stuff. But, uh, I, I mean, I'm not expecting it to be tamer than last year, I guess is what I'm saying. I'm also expecting it to be miserably hot. It's not. Yes. It's not going to be. Uh, it was hot here this weekend, so the The high works. for Saturday is 79 right now. What? What? There's a there's a chance of rain, but the high, yeah, in Grand Island. Let me look. The dude, high it has been the high on Saturday seventy nine. The high on Sunday is eighty two. The high on Friday is eighty six. Uh, you watch watch it turn off cold enough that I'll have to like go to Walmart and buy a sweatshirt or something. Right. I yeah. mean, the low is sixty six, so I'm sure you're fine. Bring that a rain would be jacket. Amazing. There a couple of years ago, it was it was it was cold. On the AM squad, it was like forty or fifty degrees in the morning. That was la- last year. Last year was really cool. Like it, shooting on the afternoon schedule last year was great. Um, hmm. So I am really excited. He's he's on the stage diagram. Like I have loved the car stages the last two years. Like those have been some of my favorite stages like ever. Uh, just because it's so unique to like get to shoot in and around cars and stuff. Uh, and the stage diagram this year has like 20 cars on it. It looks like a highway with just, it's like the walking dead. Like, yeah, that stage looks like it could be really cool. Uh, the memory stage looks like an, one of the worst stages ever designed. Cause it's 32 round. It's, it's 32 targets, one shot each. And based on the stage diagram, which again, we're just going off stage diagram. Uh, they're all set at the exact same distance with just walls kind of separated. So if there's any sort of like you have to come here and count back three targets and shoot these and come back, like that one could be a nightmare just to figure out. I Yeah, I predict that stage will be like last year and that everybody will be stacked up on that stage trying to figure it out when we're trying to walk through. And it's going to be nerve-wracking and give me a lot of anxiety. <laughs> is there anybody that thinks a memory stage is interesting? I've never like walked up to one and been like, "Oh, this is interesting. Can't wait to shoot this." I think, I think there is a fine line, right? Uh, like if there's a little bit of memory to a stage, 
like kind of like the stage at uh, the uh, Bighorn, the Bighorn Classic. Yeah, like there was Were a you little bit of memory like, of that one, but it was still pretty interesting. Like the memory where it's like this one random target that don't forget to shoot. I don't mind. I, that's interesting. That's a different stage thing, but. Like, yeah, we're, 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 if you have to just, if you have to spend a half hour on a stage just to figure out where all the targets are, like to see if you're shooting all the targets, that's, yeah. that's, that's beyond what our sport should be, in my opinion. Um, yeah. like, cause it's, because then it's not like it has nothing to do with shooting. It's just, do you have enough time to sit there and figure out the stage? Uh, and that's, yeah. to me, that's, that's just kind of beyond, beyond stupid. Um, and doing I mean, at it the with same time, 32 targets, that's also ridiculous. At the same time, we're sitting here talking about it. So, I mean, maybe that was the goal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I spent in excess of 30 minutes on it. And then I ended up shooting Jeremy's plan. So <laughs> I never figured it out. Last year's wasn't too bad, though. Uh, it was pretty rough. It was the one that I'm thinking of was pretty rough. Uh, so yeah, so big time memory stages like that to me are just, they're kind of, they're kind of dumb. I don't, I I don't know that I've ever spoken to a like competitor that like tries to compete at a relatively high level that's ever said, oh yeah, those are good. I like those. Like I, like, have, like, have y'all, have y'all spoken to a competitor at all? Like at a match, it's like, I love this stage. Oh, I've certainly heard some people say, oh, finally, one they got to think on. But they're generally people, if they, if they have that thought about a stage like that, they're yeah. they're generally a lot more of a casual competitor. Yeah, and they probably zeroed that stage. <laughs> <laughs> Easy to do. Forget a couple <laughs> targets, throw a mic, and you're, you're zeroed. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because, yeah, you go in, the, it's, it's supposed to be one on each, and you've got three hits on you only fired yeah. one at every target and you got three hits on one. It's like, oops. Dude, this, this one will be, be this one will be easy to zero. So the other that it actually that actually brings up an interesting topic. I think it's also really hard because it's almost impossible for the ROs to score correctly because yeah. they can't know when a person has skipped a target or not. If the if a person fires any extra shots at all, they don't know, okay, was that a miss or was that a failure to engage? Because they don't know what yeah. targets, which that like, that call gets missed a lot, anyway, um, oftentimes. Yeah. But when it's one shot each, and you have no idea where they're shooting stuff from, uh, it's it's really hard for an RO to actually score that correctly. Um, and I think that's part of the match director's job is to build stages that can be uh, ROed and scored in an equitable manner, right? Well, it, you know, memory stages obviously is the main point there but when designing a stage it's certainly you certainly need to think about ROing it too i mean mm-hmm. how often especially at locals and stuff I, I know you don't shoot a ton of locals where you're at but i'll often see stages it's like there is not a good spot for the ro to follow a shooter or something yeah just by by the design of the stage it's like the ro is like up against a wall on the other side like can't see anything that's going on or or has to like follow the RO or follow the shooter around the stage. And he's at like 180 degrees to pick up the last shot or something. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
So then the other stage that I'm interested in at this match is the one that's going to be in Bay 1. And it looks like they've got four steel that you're going to have to shoot at, like, whatever 40 or 50 yards they put it at. (laughs) And is it going to be four mini poppers or is it going to be four big poppers? Because if it's mini poppers, then holy crap. Like, that's going to be tough. I'm I'm going to go to the range on Wednesday and I'm going to I'm going to shoot the plate rack at 45 yards just to make sure that the gun is good zero before I go. Not me, dude. I'm just going to do cardio. <laughs> That's probably more important for that stage. <laughs> I mean it, it I mean it'd be a this the good thing is is that you know you've got like 4 days so you can probably get your cardio probably in those 4 days you can improve your cardio four enough days. to be super effective. Yeah. Yeah, I'll show up with like some decent cardio and a completely toasted central nervous system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I shot some mini poppers at like 40, 45 today. And I mean, the wind was blowing like 20 miles an hour. So that's that shot becomes almost impossible. Um, but it was it was about a 50% success rate. And I couldn't necessarily tell that much difference in the shots that hit and the shots that miss. Just like. Well, my sight is bigger than the mini popper at that distance, so, so you just kind of try to hold steady and try to break a shot. At the match this weekend, we had a couple of targets that were at like 45 to 50 yards, somewhere in there, and uh, I shot three on each. I'm like, yep, two of those look good on that one. Yep, two of those look good on that one. Walked down there, there's three deltas between the two of them, so thinking my match gun probably shoots a little bit to the right. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, they were they were like perfectly like level deltas with the A zone. Problem is, they were about eight inches too far to the right. Right. Yeah. It's mm. either your gun or your strong hands <laughs> too heavy. Well, is gripping is gripping a lot more than your weekend. Well, the worst part is at at that kind of range, it's it's next to no movement in the muzzle between that target B or. Between like an alpha and a mic, yeah, <laughs> there there's not much room for error. Yeah, no, no, there's not. Um, so what else for the match? Are you guys looking forward to? I haven't actually. I don't think we can even access the squad list. We we normally have done kind of predictions uh, in the past, and I don't even know who's yeah. shooting the match. Uh, so I can't I can't go through Dude, all limited. That. Limited is stacked. Limited like, is always stacked. At this Dude, match, limited it is. is. Yeah, limited is really stacked at this match. Yeah, I mean you've uh, got me. Right. That's that's basically what I was saying. Yeah, uh, we weren't talking about Reed, anybody else. Reed is showing up, so get ready. I don't uh, know if people can hear me laughing, but I am. I am laughing at, <laughs> at that. So we'll stop laughing. Get serious, Jeremy. I am serious. I think you can still access the squad list. I'm gonna I'm gonna look real quick. Um, so I'm really looking forward to. Well, right now, uh, Jacob Hetherington is signed up for production in that match. So I think I Sal really was signed hope, up too, right? I didn't see Sal. Um, I think you and Hetherington are the only production GMs when I looked. Uh, but yeah, if he shows up, I'm super looking forward to that challenge. Yeah. So, yeah. That's what I'm thinking about. I, I, I saw that there was a pretty good number of people registered in production. Uh, you can't see the squad list anymore, but um, 
by divisions, though, what was at least nice was that there's 54 people registered in production. So at least there's a decent production turnout. Yeah. I mean, there was like, I think there was like eight, eight, eight or 10 masters and two GMs. Uh, two so. GMs, five masters. Five. Okay. Reasonable. I feel like but, I mean, the main probably thing has is like six or seven GMs. Open and limited. So limited has nine GMs. Open <laughs> has 12. Carry optics wow. has 11. So all the produ- most of the production people have gone switched to other divisions now that nationals is over. Yeah. Uh, that's probably, that's yeah. certainly something I was worried about seeing with such an early nationals is that the attendance dropping off. It's a good way to kill a division. Yeah. Oh, speaking of divisions, after switching to production and and then this happening, you know, they put the Nationals early and then everybody quits shooting production and it's just kind of a production shit show. Uh, I've decided that I'm just, I'm done chasing divisions, chasing heat in divisions. Um, you will yeah, be the heat. Just, I think it's, I'm I'm over it. Like, I almost want to just go back to single stack and resume what I was doing because yeah. I'm dis I'm disappointed in coming to production and then everybody like not shooting production. It's it's very disappointing. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean if you were shooting single stack at this match, I would be shooting single stack probably still. Yeah, plus like I'm way more likely to pick up a national title shooting single stack than production. So, well, Jeremy, build him a couple single stack guns. Me, yeah, that also makes me want to kind of go back to single stack. Don't go it's back like, to single stack. It's not any better for competition at matches that aren't nationals. And uh, I could possibly pick up a, a national title in the next few years. Or it's more possible, I think, in my head. Well, yeah, I mean, no, there's... There's no doubt that at Nationals, the depth of field in single stack versus production is vastly less. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at the number of guys that are shooting, especially with production Nationals being early this year. The number of guys that were shooting in production that have won in Nationals are, are like at that level where they're going to win one. Right. And then they show up and they shoot production and then they go shoot something else <laughs> for the rest of the year. So... I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. With I mean, it's all kind of dependent on if they put nationals back in the end of the year, like it should be. Uh, then I think that I think that's going to become less of an issue uh, in production. But I don't know how many I don't know how many shooters CO is going to absorb and soak up from the production shooters. I just don't. That's just a tough one to to figure yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think you're wrong because definitely like. We don't know what Nationals is going to be next year, but this year, you know, after I decided after Nationals to stick with production for the bulk of the year. But if it's if there's an early production Nationals next year, like as soon as production Nationals is done, I think I'm just going to shoot CO the rest of the year. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I mean, know what I'm going to do yet, but I'll finish production this year for sure. 
Yeah, yeah we, only- we do need to find Jeff a dot and a couple of mag extensions so that he can go to CO Nationals. Well, I, I know a guy that makes mag extensions. I've been offered a gun to shoot CO already. Well, then why don't you just go shoot yeah. CO Nationals? Well, because I have a life, a busy life, and a kid, and a family, and a lot of other affairs going on. So. <laughs> you shouldn't have affairs. Well, if you, just, if you decide if you decide you want to shoot it, I know a guy that makes extensions. I I think think I could I could get you hooked up with Henning, and, and he'd make sure you got taken care of. Yeah, yeah. It would be fun, but I wouldn't do any good because I don't I don't shoot dots, and I'm not practiced up in dots, so well, it might just be frustrating. Well, and uh. After Area 3, my next match is Illinois Sectional. So it's like four weeks away. So I actually decided that I'm going to shoot CO in it because I have a long gap. So it gives me yeah. a chance to get some time with the CO guns this year. And it's it's as much as anything as I just want to actually stress test the guns in matches to make sure everything is good to go before CO Nats because it's only two weeks after my state match and I'm still planning to shoot production there. Yeah. Yeah, I know that seems smart. That seems like a better plan than what you said earlier this week that you were just going to switch and suit carry optics at Area 3 with like <laughs> two days of practice. <laughs> two days, yeah. Thought about it. Yeah, I'm glad Glad Jeff talked you out of that. It was actually Matt. Matt talked Matt. you out of it? He did. Well, he could. I'm glad he Matt talked some sense he, too. He doesn't know he talked me out of it. He actually he didn't we weren't even talking really about it. But he talked mm. me out of it. Right. Uh, he was just talking like He was talking sense. Philosophy. Man. Yeah, he was just talking sense on life in general, and you're like, Matt's so yeah. right. I shouldn't yeah, dude, shoot CO. Dude, he he gave me investment advice, like helped me finish my basement and just all kinds of advice. Right. I believe you. I, I've I've done the same thing from Matt's from Matt's words of wisdom. What next, Jeremy? Uh, the, well, I mean, just back at Area Three. The only other thing I'm looking forward to at Area Three is uh, we're going to get some good Mexican food. I, I assume either fr- I don't know if we're doing that Friday night or Saturday night, and uh, both, both mm. maybe both, uh, and and a pitcher of margaritas like. See, I'm I'm torn. I'm really torn here because I'm trying out this new, like, uh, I don't know, match prep, like, uh, what do you call it? Protocol, I guess. Yeah, yeah. match prep protocol. And uh, so at Bighorn, first I do what uh, this will only be the second match I've tried this at, and I do what I call clearing my code clearing. So, like, I don't pick up the gun at least 48 hours in a row before the match. And then the morning of the match will be uh, the first dry fire I've had in 48 hours. So, it's kind of like, I don't know. It just felt really freaking good to not touch the gun for 48 hours, which during a normal week, I don't do. Uh, there there won't be a 48-hour a period where I don't pick up a gun. Uh, so... That felt really good to not pick it, not touch it for 48 hours 
and then pick it up the morning of the match. It just felt amazing. So I'm going to try it again. And the other thing is I didn't drink too much <laughs> the night before. <laughs> so I had like, I think I had one drink when we did the Bighorn. And I was thinking yeah, about so, not drinking at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to I do need to, I do, I, I was actually thinking about that as well, Jeff, that like a pitcher, like drink, I mean, Sasquatch could drink the pitcher himself and it'd be fine. He'd be right. fine. But uh, yeah, maybe just one margarita, like with, with some <laughs> chips and salsa the night before might be more conducive to performance. Also, because this year we're on a, last year we were on a PM, Jeff and I shot on a PM schedule. This year we're on the AM schedule. So right. I, will, I will also yeah. point out like something I do for like, especially like this weekend where it's really hot and where I assume that it could be really hot in Nebraska, even if the weather report says it's not going to be. Something I do is like for the entire week before is I make sure that I'm drinking a lot of water every day. Like when I'm at work, I'm, yeah. I'm making sure I'm drinking like 120 ounces of water a day or better at work alone. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty standard practice, I think. Or should be. I think there's a lot of people that don't hydrate well. And you will feel terrible at the match if you if you don't hydrate well when it's warm. No, I mean, I think yeah. Sasquatch is, is right that a lot of people think, well, I will drink a lot of water at the match. I'll drink, you know, I'll drink a bottle every stage or something like that. When really, like, you're if if that's when you start drinking is is at the match, then drinking water, I mean, uh, then you're too late. Like, yeah, you should yeah. go into it, if, but you should go start the day well hydrated from the week week or a couple days prior at least an easy thing that tells you if you're hydrating enough to match is if you're not using the restroom during the match it's hot outside you're not drinking enough water yeah yeah and luckily this i mean this year it's half day you know at least we're we are shooting half day formats so uh it's a lot different than like like bighorn where i shot all day at bighorn uh you know, when you're shooting all day, you got to, if your people are shooting all day Friday at area three, like those people need to really be, really be on top of it. You're shooting half a day. You still need to hydrate, but yeah, you can, you can usually survive something for a couple hours and then you're done at lunch and you'll be fine. Yeah. 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 If you haven't tried, uh, like hydrating for like a week, like, like Jared's talking about, you should try it. Like even if it's not uh, a match week or something, try it. Try it before you go to a local match or something. Uh, it does make a difference in how you feel. Like, like you're trying to figure out how to avoid being sluggish or uh, feeling sluggish or jittery or whatever on a match morning. Hydrate all week. Uh, it's. I think it's very noticeable. Good tip. Yeah. Pro tip. Am, well, pro amateur tip. Are yeah, we pro really am? Just, just slam a twelve pack the night before. Wake up in a in a fog and go out there and shoot. No, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> doesn't work doesn't, for me. I think I know one person that that seems to work for. I mean, I have definitely proven to myself that drinking. 
reduces my hand-eye coordination <laughs> uh, noticeably. And I'm not talking like while I'm drinking. I mean, like I drink and the next day, like I, I can feel that things just aren't firing as well as they could be kind of deal. So are you going with no margaritas for Mexican food? It'll either be no margaritas or it'll be like one margarita. It depends on how bad, how bad the peer pressure is. I'll hold him down. You force feed him the margarita. Yeah, so Sasquatch, that's, I mean, it is probably fair. Like, if you order a pitcher, like, you better have other people besides Jeff and I to share it with. Otherwise, <laughs> you're going to have, like, four margaritas yourself. Although my buddy Bob Crow, is, he signed up for the match. Uh, and, like, last minute. Because, because apparently, like, Nils couldn't get an Uber ride. Like, he, well, he couldn't find a rental car. <laughs> Like, and so he, I guess he sent him, he put a message out like, hey, is anybody like going to be at Area 3? And so then Bob's girlfriend, Billy, told Bob, like, Bob, you have to go to Area 3 because you need to shuttle Niels around. And so, like, it's <laughs> got to be like, like, it should be like the most expensive Uber ride ever because Bob is driving from Grand Junction to Grand Island. And I don't, it's got to be a, I don't know, at least an eight hour drive. I don't actually know, but it's got to be a, wa- a ways. Yeah. And Bob so told what? me he's bringing a bottle of bourbon with him. It's like, oh, man. Could be dangerous. Oh, man. <laughs> Is Bob, he's shooting, right? Oh, yeah, he's shooting. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. yeah so he's another, that's another one in the limited field. Yeah. That's, it's like, dude, limited is going to be such a good fight. I wish I was shooting limited, but I'm not switching. Screw that. Yeah. It's, well, what would you switch to? You don't have a 40 cal limit again. No, I just mean like switching to limited in general. Just because limited is always stacked. But as soon as I switch to limited, it won't be stacked anymore. <laughs> production will go to switch. 15 rounds and everybody will go <laughs> yeah, back to production. Exactly. Yeah, everyone would go shoot something else. Screw those guys. So I... Finally shot a local match, uh, my first one of the year this last weekend. Yep. I mean, I had to set it up and run it, which was like a two-week process for me to get everything set up. And there were, it was myself and a grand total of four other shooters uh, who showed up to it. And one of them was from, one guy was from like Mississippi that like, I don't even know how he even found out about the match. Like this guy drives up and like, I shake his hand, like introduce myself. He's like, "Yeah, I'm just tra- I'm just driving through." Uh, and he, I'm like, "Where are you from?" I thought, man, I thought he was just like like a shot IDPA locally or whatever. I know I'm from Mississippi, yeah. and I'm like, <laughs> like this this is not like a public range. This is like a private range that's like you drive past my house to get to it. I don't <laughs> own the range, but you still like it's like how did you find out about this? But he did. Uh, and so, like, I'm glad he did. It, it was five. I mean, me with four other people, it was at least enough to feel like a squad. Yeah. Like, if it had been like three or four, I feel like it, like it would have just felt like a practice session. This was at least kind of felt like a squad. Um, and and the other shooters were were good enough that like like I had a strong hand weekend stage, and 
I had a miss on it. And so I didn't win that stage. Like, so like it was, you know, there's some, some good shooters, which is, <laughs> which is good. Um, nice. But I, I, this, it felt the, the match felt good to shoot. I actually am feeling good about the rest of the season. Cause I actually had like a lot of fun, like shooting the match. Um, and so I'm looking forward to area three, like just from a fun perspective. Um, and I'm really not meaning to turn into a shooter. That's like, Oh, I just shoot. Cause it's fine. I don't care how I do. Like I'm not, I'm not headed that direction, uh, in my career yet, but at the same time, I think you do need to have, like having fun is a good, a good thing that kind of helps you get motivated. Right. Uh, it's like. But what if you did have a little fun, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, no, that was good. And I feel I feel somewhat good uh, coming out of it. I kind of feel like maybe my shooting is turning a little bit of a corner from where it's been the last, last couple of years. So I'm looking forward to the second half of the season. And hopefully I can run a couple more uh, locals between now and nationals which i think will be good uh so yeah that was good that was fun dude i'm i am so happy to hear this attitude coming from you jeremy after 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 the the dumps you were in after nationals i was worried about you but man i'm so excited now i'm so excited you're gonna pick me up and we're gonna talk about shooting for eight hours and Jeremy's going to drive the entire way because Jeff is going to be sleeping part of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Undoubtedly. <laughs> that's why I'm taking I'm, the yeah, Subaru. That's why I'm bringing the Subaru so it's not comfortable. That's that's all right. I'll ride in the does it, Lesbury. Does it have seat warmers? It does, actually. Every chance you get, turn the seat warmer on for Jeff and don't tell him. Dude, <laughs> it is so weird, okay? Idea. It is so weird driving with Jeremy in this Subaru, okay? Because it's like, you can barely see out of this windshield. It's cracked. It is so cracked out, right? It is this bad. Thing is it like, is bad. Like, it is not a super nice vehicle. But he gets so many freaking compliments on that car. Like, people are like, <laughs> dude, nice Subaru. Like, what? I don't think they're this, sincere. What? No, they are. It's weird. So, it's weird. So, just mention the seat where we're... Brings back something funny. So 2017 Nationals, you know, in St. George. Like, I flew in with uh, Joshua Gaki and uh, Chuck Delaney. And we, we we shared a rental car. So, you know, it's in the, like, it's in, like, the shaded car park at the Las Vegas airport. And, and Chuck travels a lot for work. So he rented the car because he got, like, a free upgrade. So we had, like, some fancy SUV or something. And we get in, he's getting the mirrors all set up. He's not paying attention. I see a steering wheel warmer button. I turn it on. So we're driving <laughs> through the car. We're driving through the car park. And we're like probably like three quarters of the way out. And he's like, man, this thing must have been set in the sun. The steering wheel's really hot. <laughs> it was probably another mile before he noticed the steer- steering wheel heater was on. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I do got to say that like, I'm pretty sure every compliment I've gotten on the Subaru, Jeff has been there to witness it. So he does <laughs> like he does see it a lot. But dude, I got some I got some pretty sweet rims on that car, man. Like I mean, that's all it has going for it though. 
It's I mean, got a lift yeah. too. What? What? Like a half inch lift? No, it's an inch and a half. All right. Okay. I mean that that would be aesthetically noticeable for sure. Um, and it's and it's got twenty nine inch tires versus factory's twenty seven. So there's another another inch of lift off of that. So it's basically two and a half inches higher than factory standard would be. Well, people people love it. I mean, yeah. You're like the people's champ when it comes to Lesbarus. Uh. Dude, you should like when I when I get either my ski rack on it or my uh rod vault, my fly rod uh oh, yeah. carrier on it, and then I'm like in Colorado, then I just fit right in. I mean Do you have Biden sticker on the back of that bad boy? No, I don't have any stickers on it. I'm gonna get you a Biden sticker. Put it on there and not tell you. <laughs> I'm gonna go to some. I'm gonna go to some dispensaries around here and get you some stickers. Oh, (laughs) good idea. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that'll be great. uh, No, I'm really looking forward to Jeremy driving me to a match again because driving to Colorado was not very fun. You mean with your wife and kid? I mean, having the wife and kid was all right, but the the driving, like myself driving. For that long? That was not fun, dude. I put 2,300 miles on my truck on that trip. Well, hey, at least the new engine was help holding up. Yeah. That's it? I think I put almost 4,000 whenever. Is that is that right? When I went to Colorado, that sent for the Bighorn. No, maybe you, 3, said you, you said like you said like 1,800. Oh, no, you're right. You know, you're right. You are right. Yeah, it was, it was less than 2,000. It was, yeah. you're right. Yeah, I almost got a ticket too. It was weird. You get pulled over? Yeah, in Texas. In Texas. Dude, come on. Do Jeremy. we really need to talk about the freaking like stupid pol- tolls in freaking Oklahoma? Like your only option to pay these stupid tolls in Oklahoma is you carry quarters with you. Like who has quarters <laughs> in their hey, car? Like hey, Oklahoma, you can have cash. Doesn't do no good. They just got the internet. Give them a couple years and they'll they'll have credit card readers. I hope you yeah. threw like a dollar bill into that that toll exchange just like <laughs> instead of coins, just drop a dollar bill in there, drive off. No, what <laughs> I did was it worked it worked well on the way the first time through Oklahoma was that like I got to a place that actually had a person in the toll booth and I was like, Hey, back on the Kilpatrick Turnpike, I went through two uh dollar 25 tolls and i didn't have any change can i pay for those now and like yeah here's a receipt you may get a bill in the mail but you can just uh you can give them this receipt number and then you won't get you won't get fined for it at all so i'm like awesome so then i did that on the way back through and that lady that i was talking to she was like when i asked her that question she looked at me and rolled her eyes like you've got to be kidding me like how could you (laughs) dare waste my time like this she yeah, was i mean so she was like pissed. she was like you dumbass just run it nobody cares <laughs> she saw the yeah, but they got, plates and just no they've got cameras on it like you can't i mean you can just run it but you're gonna get a ticket in the mail yeah you just pay it later man yeah with a 20 dollar fine yeah, that that, sub, that, that five dollar toll turns into a 35 dollar toll by the time you get the bill because they also got to charge you for paying with a credit card yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, I've I had that happened in uh, Pennsylvania one time. It was like I was on the toll for like one exit, 
and I didn't know it was a cash only toll, so I didn't have any cash. So yes. they send the it, it better guys at a rental car. So it sends the bill to the rental car company. It's so like three months later, I get like a forty five dollar toll charge for like a nice. little short strip of road. Okay, Classic. so back to shooting a little bit. Uh, the only thing I'm worried about in my shooting right now, like I feel like it's it's starting to feel fairly normal and like I'm starting to get some confidence, but I am like I'm having a tough time going as fast as I need to. And so like I'm a little bit stuck in like as far as my strategy for this match and that am I just going to shoot what's comfortable and probably know that that's probably going to be off the pace. Like it's not going to be fast enough or am I going to shoot the pace that I know you've got to shoot at and then just try to hang on and hope that it's good enough. I mean, that depends. Do you want to finish worth a shit at this match? I don't think that's what it depends on. I think it depends on, do you know that you, do you know you can shoot that pace and hit targets? Oh, no, he doesn't. Then you shouldn't shoot that pace. Then that's like, but that's just like accepting defeat before you've even started. It's not accepting defeat. No, it's not. It's shooting the it's shooting the plan that's going to give you the best results. I I agree with Jared. Actually, you should shoot the pace that you can shoot. You shouldn't try to shoot the pace that you think is going to win. At at a ma- at an area match, I don't think so. I mean, unless you just don't give a shit and you're just like, yeah, I'm just going to shoot the fucking pace, <laughs> then do it. Uh, but uh, whatever. Uh, but if you like actually care and you like want to do well, then shoot what you can shoot. Yeah. The other side of that too is like, what have you been doing in training? I mean, are you pushing speed really hard? If you are, then Shoot the pace and see what happens. If you haven't been pushing speed at all, then I would not do that. Yeah, no, I mean, like after like seeing after the first half of the year, it was like, no, I gotta go back. Like I need to be able to hit something. Like, like I couldn't hit. I had I don't know how many mics I had at that match. It was a lot. It's like I gotta be <laughs> able to hit stuff. Uh, which I did hit. I mean, I hit stuff pretty well at uh, at Bighorn. Uh, yeah, like. Yeah, uh, like I my hits got were were significantly better there. And this is this is all open targets, right? Like area three, there are no there are no yeah. partial targets, anything like that. So it definitely uh allows If you should if you shoot a no shoot at area three, it'll almost always be some oddball steel no shoot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a steel no shoot or a, a no shoot that's really not on a target, but it's using it's been used to block a target, like on a edge of a wall, right? Like like they've yeah. got a wall down range, and so they put a no shoot on the edge of it. That's the only time you'll see a, a no shoot at area three. Jeremy, when was when was the last time you shot a match? Like, oh, I don't care if I'm not shooting the pace. I'm just gonna shoot what I can see, and that's what I'm gonna do. Like, when was the last time you shot a match like that? Uh, I feel like I did that for the most part at Bighorn. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I was still, my confidence was still pretty low at that match. Yeah. And you were just like busting into limited. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I'm hoping with a little bit better confidence at this match. I mean, I feel like I've got better confidence now. Um, part of what I'm doing in training 
uh, is so I I have talked about previously that I was kind of doing some like you've got it I've got it I'll set up a drill and I've got to get it right three times in a row. Um, which that if if that's the only way you train, you're going to end up being slow. Like you're you're yeah. not going to like you're not you're never rounding corners there. It's just like I just got to hit stuff. Uh, so like that definitely kind of feeds into that, and I think that's why. That was basically all my training was before Bighorn, and I think that's why I was definitely off the pace there. Um, now I'm I'm still doing some of that because I I do still find benefit like that does kind of sharpen my just shooting just raw shooting. It does kind of sharpen that a bit when it's like you have to have alphas on all the targets and you can't have makeups on steel type thing. Um, but then I'm also started incorporating that I need three runs in a row and it's really hard to it's it's really hard to uh quantify this but i've got to get three runs in a row where i shoot and i just shoot a hundred percent with a hundred percent trust whatever that means like sometimes that means that like you trust that you can wait on the sites or that you trust that you can just sit there and and rail good splits at you know medium medium distance targets i mean i don't know if you guys like feel like that like sometimes you shoot a run in practice just like Man, I was just not I was not trusting that I was gonna hit stuff. And so then usually whenever I don't do that, that's when I start moving the gun around a lot. Hmm. You guys experience that at all? No, you guys are all like you're crazy. Okay. Well, just one thing I think I've talked about on the podcast before. One thing I'll do sometimes in practice, especially when you're talking like a drill like that, like I will shoot it like cold one time, see what the see what the hit factor is. And then I will just try to push that drill as fast as I can. Mm-hmm. And I might score it. I might not. It just depends. Like, I'll be pushing the speed. I mean, obviously, pay attention to what's happening on the targets. But I'll be pushing the speeds. And then I'll come back, and I'll, I'll shoot it in control again. And a lot of times, what you'll find is that you, by forcing yourself to push the speed a little bit, you'll you'll find that you're you're rounding those corners, and you're actually you're able to shoot it faster and, and hold, you know, equal points to what you did cold. Yeah, absolutely. It gives you a better idea of what you're actually able to do. Obviously you're warmed up by then, but. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's, I mean, like that's a philosophy that like you go across any sport. Like if you want to, like if say you're playing golf, I, I know I use that analogy a lot. Like if you say you're playing golf, like, and you're struggling to find the center of the place, like, one thing that you can do is like pick up your driver and swing as hard as you can. Like try to just try to just hit the ball as hard as you can 10, 15, 20 times in a row and then go back to your normal pace. And it's like all of a sudden, okay, then hitting the ball like center of the club face is a lot easier whenever you, whenever you back it off a bit. Um, and that's, yeah, when you overtrain like that, that's always, that's always sometimes a good thing to do. Um, as long as you're kind of paying attention to stuff. The, the reason I mentioned that though is you're, you're talking about that you shoot the same drill like you gotta do it three times in a row right mm-hmm. maybe maybe change it up a little bit you know just hammer it as fast as you can three times and then just shoot whatever is going to give you a good result three times and see where it actually is yeah and that's you know I mean that's I definitely have like like right now my practice sessions aren't just what can you do it three times in a row at? Um, 
I, I still do some of that. Sometimes it's, yeah, it's just, just go all out. And, and the one thing that we did. So after the match, this local match finished, uh, I had kind of a stage set up and I said, okay, we're just going to basically there were five positions that basically had two targets each. A couple of them you could shoot on the move. The other ones were so, like the targets were like 20 yards and the other ones were closer. But so I just said, okay, none of this is for the match. Anybody that wants to do it, like you can, I'll run the timer as many times as you want to go. Which just raw time is the only thing that matters. And the only penalty that you can get is a miss adds a second to your time. So it's just, it's just how fast can you go? Um, so I ran it last. I went last and a guy had run it. He'd, I don't know. He'd run it in like 13 seconds, like 13 flat almost. And I was like, okay, I think I can go under 10 seconds on this. Just kind of look. I think I can go under 10 seconds on this and that will give me three misses to, to deal with. So get up there and just, just, I mean, just blaze on it. And I wasn't, I wasn't under 10 seconds. I was like 10 90 something, but I only had two misses. So I ended up, you know, winning, but like one of the guys said, he's like, uh, like you shoot better when you just like, just let it hang out like that than you do like when you're trying to like shoot good. And I, th- I think there is some truth to that. Uh, but I just like, there is some truth to that, but the wheels can come off, right? Like if you're, if I'm not really tuned up and trained up, the wheels can come off and I don't know if I'm tuned up and trained up enough that the wheels won't come off. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I guess everybody's different. Uh, that's what it comes down to pretty much. Cause I'm not ever shooting at that pace. Uh, I'll practice at that pace, but at a match, I'm, I am, I'm never shooting at a pace where like the wheels are going to come off. <clears throat> It's uh, it's not worth it to me. The only time I'll do that is at like indoor matches on Tuesdays. I'd say I haven't done that in a while. Uh, definitely have shot that way. Um, and that you know that may be of what part of got me to where I am. I don't know. Um, but I def- definitely practice there. But I don't know the shooting better when you're pushing that limit like at a major I don't know that wouldn't work for me but everybody's different yeah and I I definitely do I mean I do think it's a it's an individual thing because like I look at Sasquatch and I look at his like match results this year and I would say okay Sasquatch you're saying you only do that on a Tuesday night I think you need to do that at area three because your normal match pace is too slow. Like it's, I mean, like that's, that's been, that's, that's been what it's been all year. You've just been like the hits are fine. Like everything's there. I mean, you did some, you had some, some stupid stuff in nationals, right? Like we're putting, I'm putting that stuff aside, but like, but you're too slow. And so I I think you need to just, you need to put the hammer down because I think you could shoot better if you put the hammer down. Yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong. It's hard to break that speed, but this year I would I would describe my shooting has been very up and down this year. Like when I'm shooting well, I'm shooting the best I've ever shot. 
when I'm not shooting well, it's been, it's, it's been rough, but which is a good segue into the last thing I want to talk about tonight. So on this weekend, I shot free state and like the shooting, my shooting portion of the match, I really wasn't too upset with my shooting was, was overall pretty good. I mean, yeah, there was, there was a couple of little bobbles in my shooting that certainly cost some time, but uh, overall my shooting wasn't too bad. Pace was good. You know, points on normal stuff was reasonable. I had a little trouble in the long range stuff and I had a few other small things, but like when I came away from the match, I just, what bothered me was it's kind of like normally if I don't shoot, if I don't finish well, or don't feel like I didn't shoot as well as I should have, you know, I'm generally pretty disappointed in my shooting. Like, like really like fired up by it. Like, man, I'm going to go train on Sunday. Cause that shooting was awful. Like I need to work on that. And when I finished, I didn't really like the best way I could travel. I didn't care, which bothered me. Yeah, that's a problem. And you know, I was I was debating maybe just you know switching it up and shooting some CO right you know rest of the year, and actually where where I don't know that Matt probably doesn't yet realize that he convinced me not to is I, I was I was chatting with him today, and he's like he's like ah I think you're I think you're putting that feeling on yourself because I feel kind of defeated on like production just you know that match was pretty tough it was definitely a really tough production match, and the the winner shot very well uh and you know last couple of locals have certainly had some stages it's like man this kind of this kind of stinks for a 10 round gun and the the point matt brought out there what i gathered point said is you know it's like you're putting that on yourself you're, you're thinking the negative side of it it's like you're not wrong oh so i i dry fired at her i tried dinner tonight and i probably had one of the better dry fire sessions I've had this year. Like reloads were on, gun was moving around well, sights were stationary coming into position. It's like it, you know, it brings up a good point to me. It's like how important your mindset is in the match. Like if you're if you're hammering here focusing on like the negative stuff on something, like it's not gonna it's not gonna go well. Yeah, and when it's no. not going well it's really hard not to dwell on the negatives. It, it it is, and I I mean I think that you know that, and that's something I could take positive from the match. Like the, I was really never negative in the match this weekend, and like I said overall I was not upset with my shooting. I mean, generally speaking, my pace of my shooting and stuff was fine. Certainly had a couple of bobbles that cost time, and the guy that won just absolutely demolished me on the spots where I where I had bobbles because I, I look at the results didn't look like he had much for bobbles like he shot very well yeah the guy that won we shot him out Stephen Lutman I mean yes Stephen Lutman and he's been good shooter he's been shooting very well the last couple of years like he definitely yeah. he's definitely gotten a lot better in the last couple of years I mean I think he he was like 10th at nationals last year and i'm pretty sure he was top 10 this year i think he was like yeah. eighth or ninth this year like he's been shooting very well he's very yeah good. he's he's not just like some random local guy i mean he's he's a top a production shooter guy. yeah yeah if he's top yeah. 10 at nationals and he's super squad yeah no he's, yeah. he's very good 
And he, he absolutely destroyed me at this match. Yeah, so Area 3 is your last production match of the year, right? No, no. I'm only shooting CO through August. So uh, I want to shoot production at my state match. Oh, okay. So I'll switch back to it and shoot there. And I'll probably, I'll try to shoot my limited gun in a couple of locals this year too. I've got to look farther out in the season and see where I've got like a week or two of space to, to just shoot it. But the reason I'm doing CO for August after area three is just because I have three weeks before Illinois sectional. So I've got some time to actually put some locals on it, shoot some practice sessions and shoot a major with the guns. Jared, I'm so proud of you, man. I'm so proud of you. I feel like that was the most vulnerable thing you've said on the podcast. You're just like so honest. It's so good, man. I can see Jeremy loved it too. He's just a little, he's just had a little too much to drink, but he loved it too. I've not, I've not had that much. Uh, <laughs> a, lot, a lot about, a lot about the sport is mental. And I think yeah. sometimes you don't, you don't realize the, where you are. You, you think you're, you're there mental, like, from the mental side when you're not like you gotta you gotta watch what you're saying what you're what you're thinking as well yeah everybody has a different mental battle right because everybody has a different history everybody had a different upbringing everybody has a different mentality coming into this so where you need to be at mentally to do well in this sport is probably a little bit different for everybody um yeah so Finding your your place in this is, I think, one of the biggest journeys. But I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot very well there. Three, gonna make sure the guns hit 45 yard mini poppers, and I, I'm gonna shoot well. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I look forward to area three. I'm gonna rip. <laughs> well, fun. Yeah. It, it's all. It's always a fun trip, regardless of the stages. It's a fun trip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good time. Jeremy's wanting to hit the golf clubs too. Yeah, I'm. I'm bringing golf because we're shooting like fr- Saturday. We're shoot. We'll be done at noon or something like that. The weather's yeah. supposed to be like high seventies. Like, what are we gonna do? Go to the hotel and just sit there? No. Yeah, rest up. Yeah, can, can I go break your golf? Cl- I mean, use your golf clubs too. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll bring one that you can use. I'll bring a Sasquatch approved one that like if just, you break just it. a driver for everything. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it'll be like an old wooden driver. You can't use my nine? new Jared cannot swing my new driver. Yeah. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be a good idea. I went I went golfing once with a buddy of mine, and like probably <laughs> like the fourth like the fourth hole I swung one of his irons. And then it just went <laughs> we never found it. We yeah. never found it. <laughs> Don't have any idea where it went. It yeah. landed in like uh, there was like a little creek that flows through the golf course. Landed there somewhere we couldn't find it. I imagine you're terrible at golf. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, I've, yeah. I've done it. I've done it once. But like when, just, <laughs> when I connect with the ball, it goes a long ways with a driver. You just don't know where even, it's going. <laughs> Hey, sometimes it goes to the parking lot. Sometimes the clubhouse. Sometimes right. those people over on that other hole. Sometimes it goes the direction you want. It just right depends how it feels that day. 
<laughs> yeah, so we may be hitting some golf clubs too, though. If it's 90 degrees, I may not feel like doing that. Yeah, if it's 90, uh, well, maybe not. But if it's going to be the weather that's forecasted, then I'll go hit some balls. You can go to the hotel if you want. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably hit some if it's a nice day. We'll see. I think it's it's kind of not like, I mean, having a half-day format like that, it is kind of nice. Like, go do something and, like, just get your mind off stuff. Yeah, I agree. It's like completely different that it involves mental using some mental capacity, but yeah, it's not like stressful. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna be in Nebraska. We could just we could just scout all the side of the road uh, corn hustlers. We could just like drive around, see what the best deal we can get on on like a truckload of corn, and load up the Subaru and the roof rack. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just see how much we can strap on the roof the roof rack of the Subaru. I figured yeah, you'd go you buy could- Hornet and buy you a bunch of bullets. I doubt yeah, right. that they have any to buy. Yeah, I like the corn idea. That's a better idea. I like I like the uh, the mental image of thinking about Jeremy pulling up back at his house and showing his wife all the corn he bought. <laughs> He's like, Look, let's, honey. Just, let's just let's just fill his Subaru up with corn. Yeah, it's just full of corn, dude. If it was good sweet corn and you filled the back of my car up with it, I wouldn't even be mad. I'd just See? be like, all right. See, I'll eat it. He wants to. He wants Dude, to. My kid loves corn on the cob. Like he will. Like he'll eat. Like when he was one year old, he would eat an entire ear of corn. Well, not one, because he wasn't. Yeah, like eighteen months. Eighteen months. He had like his teeth and everything. Like yeah. he would eat an entire ear of corn by himself. It was like good night. Oh, that kid loves corn on the cob. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, we got to get that kid some corn, man. He needs some corn. Yeah. If it's good sweet corn, mm. I don't know if they got good sweet corn or not. But all, all, the, all the corn along the road is sweet corn. Just stop and get you some. Yeah. It's all None sweet corn. be silage. Yeah, I'm sure. All right, guys. If you see us at Area 3, uh, come punch Sasquatch in the face and we'll laugh. Yeah. And, and talk to Jeff because he's... You know, actually, Jeff's not the nicest guy on the range. He's he's the most <laughs> awkward. Jeff's the Dude, most awkward of the three. Awkward? Of us on no, the range. I don't think so. I don't think I'm awkward on the range. But y'all, y'all two, make me feel like an asshole on the range because I've I've now yelled at both of y'all on the range. <laughs> if, if anybody does come up and punch me, just know that it will not be a pain. I will open hand slap Jeremy as hard as I can. <laughs> Without warning him ahead of time, I'm not scared. <laughs> that big, that big old hand will be soft and cushiony. It'll be, it'll be fine. Yeah, I'm telling you, Jeremy, it ain't soft. <laughs> it ain't soft. I mean, I know you want to. It's not soft. It's not. All right. Oh, but yeah, come up and talk to me. I like talking to people on the range. Come talk to Jeff and we'll sit back yeah. and just see how awkward he is because yeah. Jeff's a nice guy, but he doesn't do well with big numbers of people. I was from Oklahoma, a town of like six, and he was homeschooled. I mean, what do you expect? Yeah, he's not like he's not the extrovert like me. Exactly. Yeah, from Canyon. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
we should uh we should try to do some some live talks like uh if we can i mean since yeah. we're not going to be drinking too yeah. much it might, we, we might be coherent me, enough to do some live talks let me guess you guys are in like the uh like minute in or something jared do you do you really think we've booked a hotel yet <laughs> come on man <laughs> Oh, of course not. Oh, I'm so proud of you, Jeff. <laughs> we'll we'll find a place. It'll be fine. All right, all right. that's all I got. I'll stop. Oh, stop recording, damn it. <laughs>